All right. All right. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of the True Story Bro podcast. I've got a really, 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 I can't say really enough, a really solid, solid guest today. Gentleman named Jamie Hyde. Um, We met through uh, a a group called Apex. Um, I'm Apex Entourage. He's probably Apex higher. (laughs) But he's a great dude. Um, Learned more about him about a week ago about where he's kind of, again, this, this podcast is about people sharing their stories that just kind of blow people away. Uh, stories of victory, overcoming, like just crap in their life. You know, for me, it was cancer. Uh, other people, it's been addiction. It's just, everyone's got their own story. And the goal of this podcast, again, is to inspire somebody. So if there's one person that listens to this one story and is like, that's me, that's where I'm at and it inspires them that's a win that's a win for me and i'm sure it's a win also for the guests on the show so without further ado this is going to be jamie hyde he i have a little bit of a bio here he's been married to to marcia for 27 years he's got a 24 year old son and a business partner he was a law enforcement officer for how many years 12 12 years uh, 12 yeah and wow. uh, his name is marcia so she'll hunt you down for that <laughs> and actually it's 27 years today wow okay all right all right 27 today. Oh, Valentine's Day. What a good day. Um, so yeah, we want to get into some of Jamie's story here, uh, whatever he feels like sharing about kind of his upbringing as a kid, you know, what he went through as a, as a law enforcement officer and, and you know, how he overcame the battles in his life. So why don't you introduce yourself, Jamie? I appreciate you being on here. Can't thank you enough for taking the time. And I know we're going to definitely change some lives today. So I appreciate you. Hey, man. Thanks for having me, brother. I've been looking forward to this one since we have talk the first time nice so um what do you want to know man i grew up in michigan a little farming community 80 miles north of detroit uh my junior year we moved to another town called marysville which is uh right on the st Clair river uh we lived on the river the last year and a half we lived there sarnia canada was out my bedroom window which is pretty cool nice uh, great little high school over there uh, by the port huron area for anybody that understands uh, the geography of michigan uh, my mom uh, grew up uh, being the fa- uh, the daughter of farmers, uh, so she grew up attending half her school year in Michigan and half her school year in Lakeland, Florida, hmm. uh, because my grandparents wintered in Florida being farmers, mm-hmm. and so she always wanted to get back down here where we are now. So my stepfather got a job uh, as I was graduating. They timed it. My, my younger sister still had two years to go in high school, and uh, I wanted to go in the military. And my mom did not want me to go in the military. <laughs> she was dead set against it because my mother is one of those mothers that just worries about every little thing. And yep. um, I was still going and I was defiant about it. And then she said the one thing that changed my mind. And she said, look, we have nobody to help us unpack the U-Haul when we get to Florida. So please go with us and uh, help us unpack the U-Haul. And if you want to go in the military, go in the military. So yeah. I'm like, all right, how, how can you say no to mom, right? Yep, yep. So I had some graduation money in my pocket. I came down. Within a couple of days, I met some friends. Um, summer flew by. I went through that graduation money. <laughs> military went out the window and uh, got a job and met my future ex-wife within a month and uh, my first wife. And then uh, here we are. That's awesome. No, that's a good good over overview of, of a quick snap. Um, in your write-up that you did tell me, you did tell me you, you, you had some anxiety as a child is that something that you know you've always it sounds like you've battled with at least at that point in time yeah so as far back as i can recall i think i started at around age about age seven yeah and it really um crippled me pretty much through age 16 
And then around 16, I think I was able, well, when we moved, when, yeah. we, when we made that move, because here's the thing, I was, um, my mother being a worry war, like I said, she taught me to walk away, not yeah. fight back, not stand up for yourself. My dad's a great dad and I love him, but you know, they, he wasn't always around during those times sure. and they divorced now seven. And so I just kind of, I was that kid that worried about every little thing, mm -hmm. like in the heat of the summer of Michigan, I would wear blue jeans and not shorts because I was afraid I'd get teased about my legs or something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just yeah. worried about every single thing, which it's, yeah. Yeah. you know, when you're raised that way around somebody that's like that, my mother has her own issues because she was adopted, et cetera, which yeah. Right. Um, so I just worried, 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 worried about everything. And then because I wouldn't fight back because I wouldn't stand up, I got bullied, picked on. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then when I moved to Marysville, I made a decision. I just said, you know what? No, these kids know me. I can be anybody I want to be. And, and I didn't get picked on anymore. That's awesome. <laughs> and, um, I just started standing up for myself and, and that kind of went away for a long time. That's awesome. That's awesome. But for a long time, it went away. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, and you know, I mean, I think a lot of people, you know, and myself included, you know, I was the type of kid that, you know, growing up, I, I wasn't the smallest kid. I could probably have defended myself, but I was the same way. I turned the cheek and, you know, I, I got bullied and I probably could have taken those bullies down, but I just didn't have the self-confidence to be able to do that. Like, it was just one of those things where it, I just didn't have that at the time. And I think there's a lot of people that, that are out there that just don't have the confidence in, in themselves and, and not that they need to, you know, the, not, the message isn't to, to get in those fights all the time, because sometimes you do have to turn the cheek and be the bigger person. And, you know, but but there's a lot of people out there, you know, like I said, that that have gone through that. So I appreciate you being vulnerable about going through that. And, and again, moms, listen, my mom was a warrior wart, too. She still is to this day, but I love her, love her to pieces. You know, I mean, it's part of the reason why we are who we are, right, is who, who raised us. So so you got through that and kind of figured all right i'm getting a fresh start um that then kind of where does your life go to yeah so you know i loved living in marysville i made friends right away actually um my best friend from marysville high school um up there in michigan uh, he moved down here i don't know about 15 years ago and he lives 30 minutes south of me to this day and nice. so we get to play golf once in a while and hang out and i literally met him my first day in that new school it was really cool uh, so he ended up moving, he ended up marrying somebody from South Florida and they ended up moving down here eventually. Um, he met her up in Michigan and then they moved back down here, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then, um, like I said, I met my first wife, uh, I got married relatively young at 20 years old. Yep. Um, always wanted to be a, a police officer since I was about 14, I applied a couple of places. I was too young actually, cause the state of Florida at that time, I don't know what it is now. I said, you had to be at least 19 um, but let's face it, they, it's very rare to get hired that young. I mean, they don't really yeah. 21, 22, right? Yep, yep. Uh, so I went through the interview process with one department, found out I was still too young to even go through the process. Um, then I went through the interview process them again, didn't pass, waited a couple of years, met somebody that had uh, worked as a civilian at, this, at, at the uh, city of Pompano Beach. He told me they were hiring, had a big hiring wave, mm -hmm. applied, um, you know, he, he made a phone call to the chief. Yeah. Connections, he, he baby. Worked for his wife. So okay. and he made a phone call to the chief and he's like, yeah. Hey, good guy, give him a look. You know, it took about six months and um, I graduated the police Academy and turned 22, two days apart. No kidding. That's awesome. That's awesome. So uh, what was it like being law? What, now what year was that? 89, 89. So how, like you were there for 12 years, you said, Yep. So 89 to, you know, in the nineties, what, what kind of, what kind of thing went on during those 12 years, man? Well, that was right in the heart of the crack epidemic. Oh yeah. I was in South Florida. 
So when I got hired, I was told we were the fourth highest crime rate for cities of our size in the nation. Mm. They, they went on a spree and they hired a hundred officers. And I think I was like number seven, eight, somewhere in there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I actually was supposed to be in the earlier uh, academy class, but they said there was a problem with my thyroid and they had to retest me or something. Yep. Then it came back good. So I made the second class out of that first hiring spree. Um, man, I was living my dream and absolutely terrified. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Time. I'll bet. You know, um, today, you know, everybody told me don't do it, don't do it. Everybody knew there was law enforcement, which was only a very few people. <clears throat> don't do it. It's a hard mm -hmm. career. Um, I didn't listen. Most young kids don't listen. Um, <laughs> today, I firmly believe that nobody should be a police officer much younger than 25, 26 years old. You just don't have enough life experience at that point. Yeah. Right. Personal belief. And I know there's a lot of young people out there that might want to be all law enforcement and they think I'm full of garbage, but I lived it. Yeah. And, and um, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, like you said, life experience. I mean, you're you're involved every day with with people that are much older, that much more experienced criminals, just some bad people at times. And you've got to be able to have the wherewithal, no matter how much training you have and the maturity to handle that at every step of the way. So the fact is, brother, that people don't stop and think about is law enforcement is the only profession on the face of this earth that could take your personal freedom away with none other than their word. The president don't have that power. No judge in this country has that power. No attorney in this country has that power. The Supreme Court doesn't have that power. There's not another profession in this country that can just take your freedom just based on uh, probable cause. Right. Right. Yeah. And that starts with reasonable suspicion. You built the case. I've been out a long time, but yeah, uh, I've been out. Yeah. <laughs> but it starts with that. And that's if you think about the heaviness of that, of making those decisions and let alone if you have to make a decision, to take someone's life, which is even right. way more work, way worse and way more uh, yeah. heavier make you know yeah 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 no i mean it's 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 a obviously it's it's a tough job i mean my my dad well my stepdad i call him my dad my dad i have, I have my father and my stepfather but my stepfather my, who's also my father now um yeah. he he was a police officer and you know in a small town here in connecticut and, and you know essentially it was like 12 year olds 12 years old when he came into our lives and and just just the daily grind of of what you go through you know and and the hours that you keep and nobody i think and I think today's day and age, it's it's bringing it to light, but nobody really takes for really understands what you go through on, in an emotional way as a police officer, like what you see on a day to day basis. And my, actually, my brother's a paramedic, so he sees some stuff too. Like what you see, what you go through, just the pressures and and the you know PTSD and like all that stuff is totally real, and and it's coming more to light now. I think uh, in the past, in the coming years, but I mean, what are your thoughts on all that? Yeah. So, you know, back then, I mean, so I was trained by officers that were officers in the sixties and the seventies, even, you know, maybe yeah. late 70s, early seventies. And, mm -hmm. you know, as we heard back then when cops were cops, right. 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 You know, every generation thinks the next generation's weaker than they were. Right? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. You know, that's yeah. how, that's how it goes. Right. But I was trained by some of the old school guys and you, you don't, you don't cry. You don't whine. You definitely don't ask for help or you get labeled um, real quick, you know, um, and, and I've talked to, you know, in Apex, we, we have a, uh, almost uh, two handfuls of officers or ex-officers now. Yeah. And I've talked to some of those folks and, and it's not much different, I don't think. But um, but at least, yeah, people are becoming more and more aware of mental, mental um, illness that comes out of it, you know, mm -hmm. stressors and stuff. And that's kind of what happened to me. I remember, yeah. you know, in the police academy, they said, like, the average law enforcement career today is 14 years. And I'm like, yeah, you're full of crap. Like, this is all I ever wanted to do. I'm yeah. Like, 
forever. This is all, you know, this is my dream job. And by year five, I was like, man, there might be more to the world than this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> by year seven, I was like, okay, I'm getting out. And I made yeah. it to year 12. And then I was like, all right, I can't handle this no more. But we didn't know because I didn't ask for help and was, uh, wasn't aware of was uh, that I was fighting um, depression um, on many right. levels. Yeah. And it was coming out more and more and more. And, and I still didn't even really know what it was. And I didn't know how to ask for help. And it, you know, like I would be laced up in my boots to go to work and tears would just be pouring down my eyes, you know, getting ready Man. in the bedroom, you know, and then yeah. trying to hide them from my wife as I was walking out to my patrol car to go to work. And yeah, man. I was having nightmares and I was doing traffic stops and guys were jumping out uh, with automatic, uh, you know, automatic uh, weapons and, and shooting me and killing me on traffic yeah. stops. I was having nightmares. I was... <clears throat> crying drive that i had a 30 minute drive to work i was crying the whole time i was driving while i was in uniform while i was in my patrol unit and i i just like i was so deep in depression and i didn't even know what it was yeah and then um i think you know um, our son was about two he's 24 now and uh we've been married about i don't know three five years uh 97 99 been married about four years at the time and Mm -hmm. it was getting a little rough and you know not sure if how to make it we were kind of in and out a little bit and and this one day, my wife's like, you have depression. You need to go get help because I can't deal with this anymore. Mm. And I went to a psychiatrist and he put me on some meds and not a med guy. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Don't help people. Obviously, they do. They have their place. Yep. I them. I did them, you know, but just on and off, on and off, on and off. And then sure. I got recruited into a company called Primerica. It's an yep. insurance uh whatever you know it's a multi-level marketing network marketing company i was going to be a millionaire i'm aware of it oh yeah i was looking for a way out right yeah and i just went all in i just went all in and yeah i made the decision um i went to the road we didn't you know we didn't have cell phones back then it's 2001 i mean we were just starting to carry cell phones on the regular right yeah oh yeah room before roll call and i called my wife just like getting ready to go to roll call work you know working midnight shift and she said, uh, all right, you getting ready to go to roll call? I'm like, yeah. And she's like, have a good shift. Be safe. I'm like, thanks. You know, she's like, I love you. I'm like, I love you too. And then she's like, what's the matter? And I'm like, I think I'm done. And her only response was, it's about time. No shit. Wow. About time. Yeah. She said, um, she said, well, I'm glad you're getting out finally. She said, um, but have you thought about how we're going to live? Yep. <laughs> and, valid, um, valid point. Yeah. America. <laughs> <laughs> And um, I said, I called the pension board, actually, and there's 50,000 in my account, and we can have a check in, in five days. And she said, then what? And I said, I have no idea. We'll just figure it out. And that's kind of what we did. Took the Good check, cashed out, walked, Good and we've just been figuring it out ever since, to be Good honest. for you. Good for you, man. I, yeah, I, I give you credit for having the, uh, having the balls to just walk when you felt that you needed to walk, man. I mean, that's a lot of people it gets even worse. You know, I mean, think about if you had stayed and, and tried to battle through, keep battling through. Oh yeah. I'd be dead. I'd be gone. I would have yeah. killed myself years ago. I know that for a fact, oh, if no. I had gotten yeah. help. Right. You know, of course there was no doubt. I would have killed myself years ago. No doubt. Oh, I'm glad you're here, brother. I'm glad you made that decision. Primerica. I, I I've been recruited by them before. I, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't bite or get in, but you know, I, I sat through a couple meetings, intro meetings, because hey, it, it's entrepreneurial there. and there's nothing wrong with it. I was there 18 months. 
I made four hundred dollars yep. in eighteen months. Yeah, yep. Glad we had that check, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but you know what? I give us so much credit because I learned to talk to people. Yeah, I learned to quote unquote sell. I learned to build yeah. relationships. Back then, man, we were recruiting out of the uh, white pages. We were yeah. co-calling residential homes, recruiting out of the white pages. Um, I oh, hope yeah. I'm not doing that these days. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we were, and it gave me the, the guts to do it. And it, yeah. I had to take that bulletproof vest off and that gun off and those handcuffs off. Because, you know, when I was a police officer, it's do as I say or go to jail. When yeah, you're in yeah. sales, you can't have that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Guys, so I'm intimidating as it is, I've been told. So, so how was that transition though? Like going from having all that power, you know, I mean, that, well, that must've been a, a real learning experience. Really rough for a long time. Really. Yeah. It was really hard. Um, you know, I never regretted leaving until yeah. I hit 47 and I would have been able to retire and collect my pension. Of so the fact that I could have been collecting a pension for the last seven years, that kind of stings a little bit, but, um, but that's okay. I mean, yeah, we make yeah. decisions. Um, but I, but I'm glad I got out of the job. Like I said, it just wasn't for me. It wasn't wasn't my uh, highest and best self, as we say in Apex. It wasn't yeah. who I'm supposed to be in the long run. Yeah. And uh, it was great. And I worked with some really good folks, and uh, I'm grateful for the experience. And yeah, I met my wife on the job, and we yeah. have our son, who's now my business partner. And it's all because of that. So you can't go back with regrets. No, that's awesome. So your transition. Listen, I'm happy that. Uh, of course, you, you, you can always have that that sting. We've all, and maybe not all of us, but I've been in that place where like, oh, if I had just stayed there and had the the 2020 vision to, it's it's not that easy, right? I mean, and, and it is what it is. You just have to move forward. I have a shirt that says, keep moving forward, no matter what. Just keep moving forward. Whatever decisions you make, there's a reason behind it. I'm a man of faith. And I believe that God guides us in directions and taps us on the shoulder and tells us which way that we should go, whether or not we listen, because sometimes a lot of times we don't. Um, but, you know, I think that, you know, you just keep following what your gut is and, and you're going to lead to good places and you can't look back. You have to burn that bridge, which obviously you did. So tell me now a little bit more. You, you just mentioned, you know, your son, your business partner. Let's let's transition into that, because that's that's I mean, obviously how we know each other now. Yeah. Um, like what, what, how did it get to that point? Yeah. So really figuring out what I wanted to be when I grow up now, right? Yeah, man. <laughs> I'm in the world and here I am 54 years old and still putting it together. I think I finally found my calling, believe it or not. It took forever. And yeah. there's parts of me that feel like I'm a little behind, but you know what, like you said, God, God knows our story, bro. And it's, yep. it's my story and I can't do nothing about it. And I try not to look at other people, what their story is because they're on their own path. Yeah, you can't. Right? Yeah. I don't feel like I'm behind and it's funny because I told my wife for years through all this, and I'll tell you the story, how I got here, but yeah, struggle, 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 trying to figure out. I'm like, honey, I promise you, I don't know why I don't know how, but one day it's going to be struggle, 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 financially figuring this out, what we're going to do. And then we're going to see $20,000 months, $30,000 months, $40,000 months. And today I'm happy to say that stuff starting to come to fruition for us. I love it. And it's been years and years and years. And, and our, it's I our hope it. and our belief she'll be able to retire this year and stay home. That's awesome. And live the life she deserves to live now. I, I just got chills when you said that, by the way, just like that whole thing, because there's people struggling, you know, and just have, they have that goal. I, I'm in this, I've always been in that same boat. Like, all right, I, I never went to, I went to college and I got my MBA and all that, but I'm like, what am I going to do with this? You know, like I, I tried this job and I always had a fallback. I always had a fallback and, and it was it struggle. We struggled, you know, I mean, but until you figure out where you're meant to be and where your, where your space is and you, and you just put the hammer down and put your head down. That's when things happen. 
That's yeah. when things happen. You know, so what happened was, you know, I was in Pro America. I wasn't making no money. We were burning through that money we had for my pension. Yeah. My brother-in-law, uh, he was one of five partners in a commercial real estate firm. And he's like, mm-hmm. just go get your real estate license. Come work with us. Mm-hmm. So he was supposed to be my mentor. And that's what I did. And um, went to commercial real estate. And um, I was there from 2001 ish into 2001 through 2000, I don't know, five, six. But I think 2003, um, he ended up passing away. Mm. And he was, unfortunately, he was an undercover alcoholic and he drank himself to death. Oh. And he, um, and we knew, you know, but mm-hmm. he lived alone and it wasn't much. We, we tried to help, we tried to intervene. He wouldn't let us, you know. Yeah. He had his own issues like most people do. And now basically his four partners where they were great to me and, and nothing but grateful for this, but yeah. for lack of a better term, they were kind of stuck with me. He recruited me. He was supposed to be my mentor. <clears throat> yeah. And so one of the partners took me under his wing and he taught me how to do leasing for uh, retail. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting a big portfolio and that let us eat. That let me make some money. Yeah. Um, but it, again, the more I got into it, now I recognize why it wasn't for me to just, again, wasn't my calling. Yeah. Uh, when, uh, Katrina hit New Orleans, I became aware of this business called field inspections, mm-hmm. where insurance companies and mortgage companies will pay you really good money just to document damage. Yep. So we got hit uh, here in Florida with, uh, in the same year with the backside of, uh, not Katrina, we got hit with two others, I can't remember, Wilma and whatever. Yeah. There was a lot of damage, and I partnered up with one of my closest friends at the time, and we're still close friends. We just figured out later we were better friends and we were business partners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that happens. Job rolling. Um, and we started doing these field inspections and we made we made some money. We, yeah. we partnered up for 2006. Uh, again, we, we figured out we were really better friends and we we're partners. And we split for seven. But he handled Broward County. Marcy and I were living in Palm Beach County. We handled Palm Beach County. We kind of mm-hmm. had sister companies. Like yeah. I would give him stuff in Broward. He'd give me stuff in Palm Yeah, yeah. We just pay each other and help each other out. So that was good. Ran that through 11. Uh, things got a little slow. Um, wife came to me. She said, okay, you've made some really good money the last four or five years, but you've been slow and you've only made like 2,500 all summer. What's next? <laughs> She's yep. like, you're your company. You're going to go get a job. And I was like, man, I think I'm going to go sell cars. And she's like, why go sell cars? And I'm like, Love it. I think I'd be good at it. And I always got this heart to help people and you know, everybody's dream when you first think you're gonna go sell cars because you want to go help people buy cars and you find out 24 hours that's not the case. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. I applied at a Honda dealer, I got hired. Um, we started, um, I loved it for about three weeks, then I hated it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but about three weeks in, I heard this heard of this thing called an auto broker where you work on behalf of the buyer. Okay, and that's really what I wanted to do. So I told her about that. And she said, what are you going to do? You just started. I said, well, I don't know enough about the business to be an auto broker. Right. Yeah. So I'm going to stick it out as long as I can. And I'm going to learn all the ins and outs of the dealership. Yep. And then I'm going to represent people buying. And that's what I did. So nice. that dealership from, let's say, the end of November through March, ended up at another Honda dealer that fit my personality much better. Mm-hmm. Um, had really good people. But I really got tired of working Friday nights every other Sunday. Mm-hmm. You know, it just was it's, it's crappy family time and I made some yeah. money. Okay. But I just said, all right, I'm going to leave and start this auto broker business. I've been self-employed previously for that four or five year period. Yep. And um, that's what we did. So we started the auto broker business on uh, November 1st, 2014, I think. Okay. Um, 
I started the auto broker business. And uh, yeah, November 1st, 2014, Halloween was my last day on the job. And uh, we had done really well in the field inspection business when we started in 06. So in my mind, yeah, being self-employed is easy. Like, right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that didn't happen. Right. So we probably went five months before I got my first client. And oh. I had no idea what I was doing. None. Yeah. This time that, that that pension money, that was long gone. I had yeah. some I had some 401k money, which I cashed out to keep paying the bills. And yep. you know, from when I was selling cars and we struggled, we started struggling hard. And then yeah. I just went, like I said, I just went quit. I was just like yeah. falling this and that, whatever. And then um so my depression <laughs> was back. Yeah. <laughs> right. Of course. Was back. And I wasn't living the life and being <clears throat> you're supposed to be let's say Mm -hmm. and so what what happened was since you mentioned brought faith i'll tell you this uh what happened was uh in 2015 i found a coach Mm -hmm. and i found a coach coached with her for a little bit she was awesome left coaching with her coach this other dude ended up coaching with her again Mm -hmm. i'll leave it at that for now yep and um so june of 2015 uh, three years prior, my wife had gone back to church, mm-hmm. taking custody of our two great nephews. They'd had a rough home life, mm-hmm. she disappeared. Nobody could find her. The state gave them to us for 10 months. And my wife wanted to go back to church for their sake, but she got saved and found God and her going back to church for them. Amen. Well, I wasn't there yet. Yep. I was still mad at God. <clears throat> it happened to my son. We'd undergone a lot of stuff with him. Mm-hmm. And uh, he picked up my anxiety and things like that. Yeah. And so uh, we hired this coach and he's, and he's sitting across from me at dinner. It's a buffet dinner and there's like 20 of us there. And he says, wait, what are you, Saturday night? He says, what are you guys doing tomorrow? And uh, I didn't say nothing. Mm-hmm. But my wife said, well, I go to church. At, uh, I serve the children's ministry at 930. I sit the 11 service. I spend Sunday afternoons with my mom, who was, who was still with us at the time. Jamie, he's on his own. So he looks at me and he says, you're going to go to church tomorrow. And uh, he was, what about you? You're going to go to church tomorrow. And I didn't say nothing. We said like this long stare down. And he goes, let me ask you a question. You want God to show up for you and your business and your life? And uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. I'm mad at God at the time. I'm not even sure if I believe in God anymore. Right. Yeah. You know? yeah. Whatever. He goes, take your wife to church, would you? So I go, okay, I'll go. So we're walking out of the restaurant. My wife takes me by the hand. Are you really going to go to church with me tomorrow? And I go, okay, I'll go. She says, well, wait a minute. For three years, I've been asked to go to church. And you won't oh. make fun of me for going. Oh. It's not a good memory for me. I yeah. It's a real shithead. Yeah. yeah. And um, and um, I said, yeah, I'll go. And she said, no, wait a minute. You know, I've been asked for three years, whatever. And now that we go to dinner with this guy one time, and he tells you to go and you're going. And I said, well, I paid him $2,500 to tell me to go to church. And she said, you're a smart ass. And I said, we know this. So I went. Yeah. And, I, and it wasn't one of those. I walked to the door and everything was great. Right. Said, of course oh. not. Right. I hated it. I absolutely hated it. I didn't want to be there. I sat with my arms crossed, scowl on my face, pissed off, mm-hmm. all mad at the whole world. And um, but I kept going. I said I'd go. I gave my word, so I kept going. I do try to keep my word for all the scumbag stuff that I was that person back then. I mm-hmm. and yeah. um, as I sat there, man, as you know, the messages start sinking in. Mm-hmm start sinking in and then this one particular so this was june of 15 july august this one particular message uh they were repaving the parking lot and they funneled us out the back doors to the front and our pastor at the time he would go greet everybody as they were leaving yeah 
I was where I'm in my office today, but I was wearing my sunglasses on top of my head. And uh, he stops me. Now, I had not talked to this guy, but two words, because we attended that church when we first moved up there 20 some odd years prior. Mm-hmm. Sure. So I hadn't talked to this guy in 20 years before. <clears throat> my shoulder, and he says, You got to stop living your past, start living your future. And tears just, just blew out of my eyes. So wow. I flip my sunglasses down. I walk out. Well, my wife had been going to Bible studies. And what I didn't know was I was being set up. She had the whole church praying for me to come back to church. So <laughs> I was told later that, yeah, you were being set up, buddy. She had the yeah. whole church praying. That's good. So from there, God just started healing me, mm-hmm. talking to me, you know. And yes. I wasn't living the life I was supposed to be living as a husband. And um, God just finally got a hold of me. He's like, you got you to have a talk with, with your wife and you got to tell her what's up. So I got baptized in 16, Easter 16, That's and then awesome. January 28, 2018, I sat my wife down, made some confessions and asked for help. And um, I didn't, um, I didn't, you know, I said, look, I, you'll probably leave me. I understand. I deserve it, but I just need help. Mm-hmm. And um, so the trans, so now I'm starting to transform and I don't even know it. I'm right. In hell in my mind, we call it the pit of hell, the darkness, mm-hmm. hoping she don't kill me in my sleep. Um, she would have deserved to. And um, I never forget, man, we went to therapy and we pull in and she's like, what are we even doing here? Our marriage is over. And I said, listen, I understand. And and if you want to break up, I get it, whatever. But look, I've honestly got issues. Probably have some issues from your childhood. Why don't we just go to therapy and you support me in trying to be a better person and I'll support you in trying to be a better person. And then we'll see where it goes from there. We won't even worry about our marriage at this point. And she right. said, I can live with that. And that's what we did. And so we started therapy uh, February 2018. So four years ago, um, or the end of January, I guess. Yeah, first went to February, four years ago. And then um, I had, I had, like I said, I coached that female. I coached that guy at Sunday Church. I went back mm-hmm. to her. Yep. I was with her at the time. But when we started therapy, I went to her and said, I can't coach you anymore. I got to put, this is about my marriage. This is the forget business. Yep. We're just going to go see this uh, psychotherapist. Yep. Man helped us. I found Apex in August, our, uh, you know, sales talk with sales pros. That yep. Apex, and then I joined Apex. So, man, the, the transition out as far as getting my mind better and building was first, was first church. Yep. Was second was, was my wife. Yep. No doubt. Yeah third therapy and then i was actually thinking about this yesterday and then it was apex it was the yeah. achievement and then you know all the connections we make and yeah i came at apex as an auto broker and now i'm a mindset organic marketing coach <laughs> that's crazy for you and yeah, yeah that's so, crazy man that's dude, dude dude man you 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 just display like um the attitude of i don't give up like you don't give up on yourself you know you don't give up on your marriage you don't give up on you know what i mean like a lot, a lot more people would have given up a lot of times, you know, and I applaud you, dude, for uh, just never giving up on anything, just always moving forward and keep that. That's the thing. Keep moving forward, figuring it out, um, you know, back, backing up to like, you know, you doing this, you doing that. I mean, dude, I get it. I resonate with that. I've tried, like I said, I've tried just, I, I was doing the math the other day, not the other day, it was probably six months ago with my wife about how many jobs I've had since I got out of college. And it was just such an astronomical number. Like most people get out of college, they've got like two, three, four, five. I was like in the twenties, like that's how many different freaking things I've done. So dude, I, I applaud you. Cause you and I are alike on that, you know, just keep moving forward and, and never quitting 
never quitting. Uh, and, and you just took it to another level by finding God. Thank God your, your, your wife is a, a woman of God, right? You know, otherwise, I mean, no, like I said, I, I believe none of that would have happened. She's got people praying for you. God listens, right? Let, let me throw this out there for folks that are at that stage where their marriage isn't so great. Yeah. Thinking about therapy. Let me give some truly free advice from somebody that lived it. Yeah. Find a therapist that will explain to you how the brain works, not just talk about your problems. Right. We'll explain to you how the brain works, because that's what saved our marriage. Our therapist did some techniques called EMDR, which helped me get over some childhood trauma. Mm -hmm. But when we start talking about either actions I took or actions she took that were hurtful to each other, mm -hmm. we start saying, well, when you were seven, you experienced this, so your brain's going to go there now. <clears throat> right? And then that's what truly saved our marriage. And the other thing was, I we'd, we'd been to therapy, not as a couple before, but we both had experiences with therapists. And I'd actually been to therapy a couple times with my first wife. Sure. And typically these therapists, they'll have you come together, explain the problem. They'll have you come separate three, four times, and they'll have you come back together. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we this was how this started out, right? <laughs> and then what happened was my wife was filtering her hurt through uh what she was hearing from our therapist when she was going alone. So she would come home and go, John said he can't believe you did this, right? Well, now I'm feeling attacked. Mm -hmm. now i'm in the pit of hell feeling like dog crap and mm -hmm. i'm trying to dig out i can't see the light now i'm back to thinking about suicide again and the only reason i don't do it is because of our boy right our son mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i'm trying to dig out and i'm not mad at her for being mad at me i don't blame her she's right. mad at me but yeah like every time i reach up i feel like i'm getting kicked again yeah. right so i just went back and i said can we do a favor can we just say we don't come alone anymore we just yeah. come together at all times. So now there's no misunderstandings. Because now I go right. back up this to the therapist. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> he's like, yeah. I didn't, he's like, I said this. I didn't say it in the way it came up, you know. And, but right. he's not blame her either because she's filtering through her. Yeah. And he deserved to. There's no no doubt. She's not, yeah. not the bad person here. Right, so, right, yeah. right. But so we started doing that. And we started sitting in that room together. And mm -hmm. she things about my childhood and i learned things about her childhood that neither one of us knew and we were yep. on our third wedding anniversary yep yep neither one of us knew and then about six eight months went by and i just get a text message from her one day and she's like i love you i forgive you let's get on with our life i love it um we put our shit back together and today we're, we're closer than ever and i mean like Today's Valentine's Day. Today's our 27th wedding anniversary yeah uh, hey you want to sneak away at the end of the week we signed like so yeah, we signed like three new clients in the last 10 days. So yeah. I'm stacked, right? And yeah. I said, hey, honey, you want to go away for a couple of days? And she's on vacation this week. Yeah. By all means, you know, we have the money to sneak away. Just take go up to Jacksonville, which is three hours north of us. Just yeah. get whatever. And she's like, you know what? I just want to relax this week. You yeah. just stay here and hammer down with your clients and, and I'll take care of the house. And yeah. And um and just do what you got to do so so we can build to a point of consistency where I can just finally retire and stay home. That's more important to me than two days away. So yeah, that's like, awesome. We cooked a home cooked meal last night and sat here and watched the Super Bowl, and that's yep. how we celebrated our anniversary. I love it, man. Congrats! Congrats on your anniversary. That's I mean, it, it, you you worked. You guys worked. You put yeah. in the work, and you're 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 reaping the fruit of that labor, you know, which is incredible. Um, thank you. So again, thank you so much for sharing all that. I mean, I, I really think there's a lot of people that are going to hear a lot of your story of where you were and many different aspects of your life. And, and they're going to definitely be able to get something from this talk. 
before we kind of end this, <clears throat> I, I really feel like I, I'd like for you to share where you are now. I know you've touched on it a little bit. You touched yeah. on like working with your son. And I, I, you and I had a conversation about it before about working with your son. Let's just, let's just get into that real quick. I mean, not, I'm not rushing you, but oh, uh, oh. you know, I, I want you to share that because I think that's important too. The, the father son dynamic, the whole business dynamic and kind of where you are now. Yeah. So, you know, I figured my, my time was coming to end on the auto broker thing or whatever. I wasn't loving it anymore. And, uh, you know, cause everybody reads something on the internet, they're the best negotiator and they know how to do a car deal. So don't, we won't even go down that path, but I was getting a little burned out on that job. So, uh, in that career. And so my son was a senior in college and he blew his mm -hmm. knee out and he needed nurse knee surgery. And, uh, so I had been invited through the vice president of Apex into a, a different group about marketing. And I thought I was going to learn how to market the auto broker business better. And uh, it turned out to be a group of people that own marketing businesses. Mm. And so I just turned to my son one day. He was home recovering from knee surgery. I'm working from home. He was in college, but he couldn't work his part-time job anymore. And I said, do you want to open a marketing company? And he's like, yeah, sure. How are we going to do that? So in true Jamie Hyde fashion, I'm like, I don't know, we'll figure it out. It. <laughs> uh, we opened ABCS promotions and we started down that road. We built a Shopify site, some other websites, and we did some other stuff. But again, it just wasn't feeling it. It just yeah. wasn't. Right. Plus marketing's a red ocean. Like there's so much blood in the water. Like, yes, there is. Forget it. You know, yeah. last this world needs is somebody else to charge us $5,000 for a website. So we did yep. it for a little bit. And then I was trying to pivot, figure out. So he finished college. He decided to become a, a certified uh, fitness instructor while he was still in school. Yep. He ended up going to Planet Fitness, becoming a fitness instructor for them when his knee healed. Mm -hmm. uh, finished up college. We ended up moving an hour and a half north to take care of my mom because when COVID hit, became yeah. parents, she didn't live by herself anymore. Mm. So I'm here working, trying to figure out life. We moved. Our son moved out on his own for the first time. He was 23, so it was time. But mm -hmm. still, your, your only child leaves. He leaves, right? So yeah. Out on his own, we moved. I didn't want to move. A hurricane hit. A week later, we got to put our dog down, and my old friend depression comes knocking again. And so, for the last four months of 2019, I uh, no, I'm sorry, 2020. Yeah, we left yeah. 20, yeah, 2020. I couldn't function. Yeah, I couldn't function. I couldn't move. I couldn't get out of the darkness. I put a thousand dollars in a trade account, and I sat here and I day traded penny stock for three months, three, four months. And so, what happened? Uh, was I'd been in Apex two and a half years. I'd never been to a live event. Mm -hmm. So I fly out to the event. Well, actually, my wife tells me I'm going. And I said, we well, can't afford it. She goes, I don't care. You're going. I just got to take care of my mom. She goes, I got your mom. You're going. You need <laughs> to be around your people. Yeah. So went to Apex for the first event. And the chief operating officer of Apex told the, whole, told the whole room that he struggled with depression. And I'm like, well, if he struggles with depression and I struggle with depression, hope this isn't too much for family. So I'm like, well, maybe I'm not the world's biggest asshole. Amen. I started lifting up and then I started coming up with this idea of helping people. Like I've been helping people my whole life, but I wouldn't get paid for it. Right. So I started coming out of the marketing idea and I decided I was the way I started lifting myself out of the pressure. Part of that meeting was I'm going to retire, which means I'm not going to do anything. And then I immediately felt a release of pressure. And when I felt that, I said, okay, well now this all happened within an hour, by the way. Yeah. I'm going to retire. What am I going to do? Because I might get bored. I can ride my motorcycle. I can play golf, but the wife's going to get jacked if I do too much of either of those. So I better figure out something to do. So I like to help people. Okay, how do I get paid for it? So I came out to Apex, came up to the event, came back feeling better. And then that spring, I was learning through through uh, uh, Thomas Keenan's book, uh, mm -hmm. How to un Unfuck Your Business, yep. uh, unfuck your business uh, about integrators and visionaries. Mm -hmm. 
And I realized that I was a true visionary and visionaries, there's four visionaries for every one integrator in this world. And for those that don't know, visionaries are people that can see the future. They can see the path. Um, They could see how it all comes together, but they can't do it. Right. Right. Yep. Yep. For whatever reason, and then they also get shiny object syndrome. They bounce one thing to the other, the other, and I'm like, "Oh my god, this describes it perfectly." <laughs> Me I too. An, I had an epiphany one day. Yeah. I raised an integrator. Yes, yes. So my son, I had, I started thinking back, and all through high school, he had led every group project. All yep. through college, he'd led every group project, and so, and then when he didn't lead the project, he ended up leading it by the end, or he <laughs> room doing homework at midnight on Sunday. Right. I said, what are you doing? He said, this project's doing it. I said, you said a week ago, your part, Johnny, because you have a so-and-so didn't do their part. Mm-hmm. So now I got to do their part. Yep, yep. So I just said, hey, buddy, he came home for dinner. So I'm like, I got to talk to you. He's like, what's up, dad? And I'm like, I need you to quit your job. Come back and work with me full time. We can make this fly, but I need you. I said, oh, and the caveat is you're probably not going to see no money for like six months. But <laughs> right. I knew that he had money saved. Yeah. I knew he had a bunch of credit cards that he owed a penny on. So I'm like, you'll be all right. And and his total living expense is like four or five hundred a month. So he doesn't right. have that. Yeah. So he thought about it and like two weeks later said, All right, Dad, June 14th. So that was like May. So he's like, I'll come back June 14th. My birthday, his birthday is the 13th, which was a yep. Sunday. I'll give two weeks' notice. So my last day is the eleventh. I'll take the weekend. I'll start with you the 14th. And um, I had already started lining up some coaching business at that point. Yeah. And then we just started rocking our own. Boom. That's awesome. And what what is it exactly that you do? Uh, so we, on the coaching side, we're building some digital courses. We do one-on-one consulting. Mm-hmm. We work specifically with people overcoming traumas. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's the mindset part. And then mm-hmm. we put in the basic steps of organic marketing. Nobody builds their foundation. They get so caught chasing money. So we help them build their foundation over a 12-week program. Mm-hmm. And then out of that, I signed some clients that were doing really well, but still overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. I have a client in Melbourne who's in Apex who yeah. uh, gave me credit for an extra million in sales last year. And he was still like, one day we were doing a session and he was kind of like stressing out. I'm like, what's the matter? He's like, dude, I'm so overwhelmed. So from that, we've developed a 20 touch point organic marketing system that we do for them. Now it's very high ticket. Um, so yep, our clients yep. are in the two to 5 million a year in sales for that mm-hmm. end of it. Mm-hmm. And they have to want to go to 10. You can't, <clears throat> finding people in the two to 5 million is easy. Finding right. people are committed to going to 10 is the hard part. It scares sure. Because they're mm-hmm. comfortable, but we do it. They don't do anything different. We do the hiring. Uh, we do the hiring funnels. We do the training funnels for their sales reps. We do 24 seven live chat. We take over all their Google reviews. We take over the US mailers. Um, we ghostwrite their book. We produce their podcast. Um, we show them how to completely organically go with over 20 touch points every month, how to go from that two to five to 10 in a complete done for you marketing system. That's crazy. Uh, we That's incredible. Yeah, we partner. So that's the do for you. Then the yep. one helps them. And then we're, we're currently building the digital courses for the folks that can't afford the other two levels at this point. Sure, so sure. That's, now, that's incredible, man. That's awesome. I'm, I'm so pumped for you, dude. It sounds like everything that, again, you've gone through and you've been about has, has come to fruition. Uh, you're helping people still. And uh, it seems like you're you're pretty well grounded now, man. That's awesome. Yeah, we're focused. We have a mission. We we now know what our calling in life is. 
And we now know where we're going with it, man. And I just appreciate you having on here. Yeah, I'm, let me tell my story, man. I, I love helping people. And yeah, man. hopefully we change the life today. We definitely did. God bless you. So listen, I'm going to wrap this up. Uh, how can people get a hold of you? What's the best way to, you know, is it Facebook? Is it, you know? Yeah. Facebook uh, yeah. at The Real Jamie High, J-M-I-H-Y-D. It's like it says over my, my head here. For yep. the podcast, at The Real Jamie Hyde or text me at 561 uh, 692-3637. Just so you guys who are, are listening to this, maybe in a car or whatever, I'm going to actually get all of Jamie's contact info, his links and everything like that. I'll put it in the show notes. It'll be on Apple and Spotify. So again, Jamie, I appreciate you. God bless you, brother. I'm so psyched. I'm, I'm a fan now. It's so This this is great. We wouldn't know each other if it weren't for Apex and um, I appreciate it. So thank you all for listening to our show and tune in for the next one. Be up real soon. Thank you.